podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to Ironcast. And we've got a brand new episode format for you today. We're calling this Ask Ginge. <laughs> and my guest this week and every week on this format the Ginger Pele himself. You said James it when we Collins. started, you know, we give the fans what they want. So <laughs> and we've had some unbelievable guests so far, but they want to hear from me, don't they? Is there... All right, I'm going to ask my own question first. Is first any... of all, I can't work out if I'm nervous, excited, <laughs> apprehensive. It could uh, literally be anything. I should explain uh, the official West Ham account on Instagram pop, popped a story up asking for your questions. So all the questions that are on this episode have come from... Uh, followers of the West Ham account on Instagram. I'm going to put my first question in though. Have you ever, you've done a few Q&As these days. Has there been any question put to you that's kind of completely caught you off guard? Is there any question you um, can't believe? No, not really. Okay. I, like when I when I do the Q&As and stuff like that, I always say, I, I literally ask me a question. I'll give you my honest answer. Some Some of them have been a bit, you know, a bit personal maybe. And sometimes you can't, you can't answer them. You know, I, I you'd probably want to, but um, no. Nah, All right, uh, I'm pretty good with it. All right, well, let's see. Got a list of questions here. There could be anything on here. Right, let's get it out of the way. Uh, Lil of the Valley, Riley W O six, asking the same thing. Are you fond of the name Ginger Pele? Am I fond of the name Ginger? I, I mean, <laughs> it's a good nickname, isn't it? I don't know where it came Do you from. The first what, time? No, I don't. No? I don't. Well, if I'm honest, remember Gary Doherty, Tottenham. Yeah, Norwich. He was the. I remember him being the Ginger Pele, as in people calling him that. Obviously, was do you not ginger? remember that? Yeah, but was he ginger? He wasn't. No, I. I don't think ginger he, in the way that you're ginger. Liked, what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> he was. I don't he think was... he. Uh, I don't think he liked it too much. To be fair, but I don't remember the first time I got called it. Um, I know it's you know I, I haven't played stop West Ham. Was it now four or five years and still people calling me it? People in the street. It's this great. It's great. I don't know where it comes from, but it's um. Is Ginge short for Ginger Pele, or were you already Ginge? I was always Ginge. Yeah, I was always Ginge. My my f wife calls me Ginge. My fact when I when, when, when I swear to God, when anyone calls me James, I think I'm in trouble. Um, but literally everyone calls me Ginge. I I, I quite like it. <laughs> I can't believe your wife yeah. calls you Ginge. Yeah, does, That's honestly. incredible. No, but like when when people hear. My wife, Samantha, called me Ginger. Everyone's a bit like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's cool. That's what we do. Um, next question from Dan Horner 02. Was there ever a tackle where you knew it was going to be a red card? Like you, you've kind of gone into it going, I'm probably going to get sent off. Here. I love the second questions anyway. about Ash Ginger, and it's about red cards. <laughs> um, I tackled Angala, was it, at Watford? I think we spoke about it before. Watford, Slavan was manager and... We were 2-0 down at Watford and it was a stupid tackle right on the halfway line. And I was walking before we got the red card out. One of them ones. Um, you knew it. You knew it. I knew, knew it. it, yeah. I just had the ump in that game. We were 2-0 down. We played terrible that day. And it was a funny time because I was I was out of contract, I think, that summer. Or I was coming up to being out of contract. And I did this stupid tackle. Knew I got a red card. Walked off and I was thinking, I remember sat in the dressing room at Watford thinking, that's it. Oh. Just made a stupid decision but I knew it was a red card and then luckily got over that got back in the team and, and, and managed to sign another two-year deal I think so yeah uh, that that one that, that was the one where I thought <laughs> yeah that was I knew it was coming I was uh, I was halfway off the pitch when he showed me the red card so oh man stupid 
Uh, Jamie Regan, 14, wants to know, Payette or Pacatar? Payette. You think? That that was probably a bit too quick an answer as it should have been. Um, just because I played with Demi, probably. Like people ask me all the time, who's your fa- best player you played with at West Ham and it's Dimitri Payet. Um, I know Pacatar's unbelievable, going to be unbelievable. But for me personally, playing with him, being around him in training, seeing Dimitri, what he was doing, it's, it's, for me, it's got to be, it's got to be Dimi. Um, he's, he's probably the best, yeah, like I said, he's probably the best player I've seen play for West Ham. What was Up his, close. What was his personality like? Was he one of the boys, you know? Would he, uh, yeah, he'd, he'd, get involved, involved he'd get involved the first year he was here and, and <laughs> maybe not, not so much towards the end, but um, now he'd get involved. He, honestly, he was doing stuff in training. Him and when Manu Lanzini came that year when, what they were doing in training was something you asked if we had no sat here now, he'd say the same. I'm sure he was doing stuff that we hadn't seen for West Ham, like <laughs> pulling our pants down in training and just doing stuff, nutmegging you and laughing. But then he was, Dimmy was one at that time, Dimmy, we knew if we weren't playing well, Dimmy will do something and, and win us a game. He'd score a ridiculous free kick or you'd create a chance from nothing. So only because I played with him and was around him, it's, it's got to be, Dimitri Payet wouldn't score a big headed goal like Pacatar did against Freiburg. No, he probably duck out of a <laughs> duck out of a header probably. Dimmy would have, but uh nah, yeah, he's he was a special player. When was the last when was the last time did you ever get a text off him recently? Has it been been a few years? Oh, Dimmy? Yeah. No, do you know what? Randomly after he'd left, I bumped into him in Barcelona in a hotel. Oh right. And my kids were playing football with his kids and that yeah. No I tried to get him to have a pint, but he doesn't <laughs> did, didn't didn't fancy that too much. Um yeah, now I bumped into him. I obviously I haven't spoken to him since since he left, but yeah, random oh. random bump into him in Barcelona. I love that. This next question from Emma Attempts. Is there a hammer you feel doesn't get the recognition they deserve from your playing days? Any unsung hero? I think there's a lot. We've we I know he's my best mate and love him, but I think Danny Gavadon. Honestly, I I know, like I said, this might be a bit He biased. was hammer of the year. He won hammer of the year the first year we got here. Bearing in mind the move up and all that and moving from South Wales to, to London was massive. Gabs came into the team and he was unbelievable. Hammer of the year. He, he was quicker than I think everyone thought. He could read the game unbelievable. And and I, I know he won hammer of the year, but the season he struggled a bit with injury. But I think looking back, he he was he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable, and injuries sort of slowed him down in like towards the end at West Ham. But he was he was brilliant, Gabs. I know he's my best mate, but <laughs> I could say Hayden Mullins as well. Well, that's, that's well, the one that goes to me. Say that, what, uh, you know, Javier Mascherano was at West Ham, and I, my genuine answer is Hayden Mullins was brilliant. I know Javier went on and done what he done, but everyone goes, why wouldn't why didn't he play? Why didn't he play? I went, Hayden Mullins was brilliant. Like it, he that's, kept that's just, out the yeah, team. like it's Hayden. You know, to proper West Ham fans, they'll they'll you know, say how good he was and what he'd done. But playing with him, Hayden, Hayden was the same. He didn't get enough. There's loads. You could, yeah, I could go through loads. <laughs> like, not, I can't, I can't pull two. But straight off the top of my head, it'd be Gabs or, or Hayden, probably. Was there any player that you saw in close quarters who maybe didn't even get a chance in the first team that you thought really should have got a chance to play? Was there anyone like that? Um, that's a good question, you know. Probably myself. <laughs> <laughs> Every story I'm telling recently is like, uh, did you play in that game? No, no, I was on the bench. Did you play in that game? No, no, I was in the stand that one, actually. Um, nah, it's, it's, you know what? I said, it's a tricky one to say. Um, who would there be? 
there's loads like you see like lad, young lads who were coming through like right back in the day with pars and you think you know they're good good players but didn't get a chance but i can't i can't put any names on it i don't think yeah i was uh, too busy thinking about myself i think um you mentioned Danny Gavadon. Something I thought the other night. Um, Nicest man in football as well, by the way. Yeah, lo- lovely, lovely man. Edson Alvarez, I think, has a touch of the Danny Gavadons about him. Really? It's the way he plays. And you know the, what, way, the way he moves. Yeah, the way he moves. Yeah. I can't even put I think my it's the way it. he, Like, I love Alvarez. I think he's going to be brilliant for us. Like, we spoke about it. I think it was his first game I watched him. Did he come on sub, I think? And it's just the way he was moving. I would love to be a centre-half now playing him playing it with him as a as a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Because it does half your work for you. Do you know the way he reads it, the way he positions himself so defenders can't play the ball into the into the centre the, the center forward's feet. But I'd 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 like to see him at centre half as well. Do you think? Yeah. He well he said co- himself he could play he play centre half, didn't he? Or can play yeah. centre half. I'm not sure the gaffer fancies playing him there, but um no, nah, he's, he's going to be brilliant. He loves what what cr- do you mean as in you see... You know the way Danny would sometimes have like his... It's hard to describe it. Like his feet would be slightly open the way and the way he would run. Yeah? Yeah, do you know... I can't, he, he wouldn't have his feet straight. They would be slightly like open. Like, <laughs> That's because Gabs' like, back was probably in trouble at the time. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I, I, I can't say I've watched Alvarez and thought of Danny uh, Gabadon. <laughs> okay, well, as in apart from the positioning and the way he moves a little bit around the pitch. All right, maybe just me then on that. Yeah. Um... Paolo, Paul, Paul Leo wants to ask this question. What was your toughest challenge at West Ham? Toughest challenge? As in player, do you think? Or yeah, just moment? We, let's interpret that however we want. Well, the goal player would be any time I played against Didier Drogba. Because it was just, it was one of them players that I just thought he's always got the better of me. And he was, just had everything. And I really struggled. Every time we played against him, the sort of early period from probably... 2005, 6, 7, 8, the first time I was at West Ham, Chelsea seemed to beat us 4-1 every game. And he had scored two or three and he was just a handful. Like, as in, there's not many players I went to bed and thought, oh, I've got to play against so-and-so, Henri or anyway. Like, you sort of get on with it. But with with Didier... Could you feel his strength, like, when you're marking him, like... But quick as well. Like, strong, quick, hold it up, win his headers, good in the air. It was just an all-round battle every time you played against him. I heard a rumour that we were on the verge of signing really? him quite early in his career. Yeah. yeah. God, that's news to me, but that would have been... <laughs> I would have rather him at West Ham than playing against him, that's for sure. He was... Didier was sort of playing one up front before at Chelsea before anyone else because he was that good. You know, he would, he'd run the channels, he, had, he was strong, he'd hold it up. Like, you say, he was, like I said, he was, he's good in, he was good in the air. Just an all-round battle. Um... And if we're flipping that question, toughest moment was probably 2007 when it looked like we were going down. It turned out to be, you know, brilliant. One of the best 10 games run in my career. But I think, I think in March that season, we got off to a terrible start and we were down there in March, 20 points maybe in March, something like that. And I'm not going to lie, there was a point in that where I thought this is, this don't look good. And I was thinking, I wasn't just thinking about the team, probably all the players at that time, you th- if you're thinking, right, well, you're getting relegated, you're thinking about everyone. Like, I was mates with everyone at the training ground. Like People lose their jobs, do you know what I mean? So it was, that was probably a moment where I was thinking, <sighs> this is probably the first time I've said it, is in, that was probably the toughest moment, thinking we're banging trouble here. We, 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 we could go down and then luckily, well, maybe not luckily, we, something happened and we, and we spun it round and, and stayed up famously at Old Trafford. Was there a specific moment in that run? I'm thinking maybe it might have been the Spurs game where around about March where Spurs came it, from behind to win in the last minute. 
I think if you look at Nobes after that game, obviously there's the famous pictures of him crying, walking off. I think there was a feeling then, nobody would probably admit it at the time or, you know, speak about it. But after that Tottenham game, it was a bit like, oh, especially being up and then losing it how we did. But then on the flip side of that, we went, I don't know if it was the game after or a couple of games after, we went away to Blackburn. Two goals that probably, we won 2-1, two, two goals that shouldn't have been. Uh, <laughs> Carlos is offside on the line. The ball doesn't act. Bobby hits a shot, hits Carlos, not even a goal. Then we get a dodgy penalty and win 2-1 and like got back in the dressing room and we're like, this is it. And then we went on the roll after that and did it. Yeah, that was good. I mean, it Summer. ended up being brilliant. Yeah. That, that, in that, a space of like three months from the word, the toughest challenge to I think brilliant. that, that not, like I said, nine game, 10 game period is probably the best football I've ever played, I would say. I think we kept five or six clean sheets. Carlos gets all the, <laughs> all applauded for scoring the goals, but the, the, the defending that, yeah, that was that was probably the best football I think I had played. Brilliant, and, and, and that's when I felt like I played my best football. Like games we had to win. I remember playing against Swansea at home. A few years, like we looked like we were going down. We knew it was a must win, and I we won one nil. It was a massive game. I played really well. I think I played my best football when the chips were down. When you know you had to the perform. pressure was yeah. on. Yeah, for sure. Um. Next question from Joshua Lush, who wants to know, if you could have played with one player in West Ham's entire history, who would it be? I mean, it's got to be Bobby, isn't it? Yeah. It's got to be Bobby just thinking centre-back. Yeah. I think it's got to be Bobby. Um, Obviously, for the man he is, what what he means to West Ham, you know, what the player he was. Yeah. You know, you could... Bonzo, would like to play with with Bonzo, Arvin Martin. Uh, you know, boys. Uh, it's not a very pop, you know, popular. Not I don't know about popular. It's not a very current thing to say. But I was an old school player. Do you know what I mean? I was like, gonna, just about to say this. I think you would have fitted in perfectly in the sixties. I, I think my sort of era would have been sixties, seventies. <laughs> you were you twenty years too late. Um, <laughs> so yeah, those boys would have been. Would have been. It's got to be Bobby. But there was a few probably in that era that I would have loved to have played with. But Bobby, Bobby Moore, he's, it's got to be, isn't it? Yeah. You've seen the footage of him, like, career, like, running up the pitch with the yeah. ball and then, like, smashing in the top corner. Did you ever do anything like that no. in your career? No. <laughs> <laughs> got, to, I got to the halfway line a couple of times and thought, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing here? And, and, and to, like, look to someone to start shaking and give someone the ball. But, no, nah, that wasn't. That, I think that's going back to Gabs. That's why me and Gabs probably were so good together, certainly at Cardiff and, and, and the first couple of years at West Ham because... I was good at stuff that Gabs wasn't so good at and Gabs was good at stuff that I wasn't so good at. So I was just, I used to love heading, like long goal kick. I used to run across Gabs sometimes just to head and back. Gabs, he could edit, but he wasn't a massive fan of, of the physical maybe, but he had the reading of the game and the pace. So I'd love the tackles and the headings, all the, all the, all the nitty gritty dirty stuff. And Gabs <laughs> all would, the would run stuff. out with, yeah, probably. <laughs> Gabs would run out with the ball looking pretty and that, but I think that's why we were so good. But I loved that part of the game. I loved yeah. a big tackle, a big header, a challenge. You know, it, that that was that was what you know made made me the player I was. Any 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 sort of battle, I loved it. We were saying we um, recorded this on a day when it's quite windy and rainy. Yeah, I was like, did you enjoy training on days Wind, like this? Not so much. Wind, rain, definitely, because like I said, I wasn't known for my pace. When it was raining and nice and wet on the glass, I could slide and probably <laughs> nick nick, a, nick another five yards, but. Uh, <laughs> Nah, it, like I said, that was my game. I loved it. Loved a big tackle or a header or a challenge. I used to randomly like getting cut. <laughs> I swear what to God. 
I, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> it sounds weird to say. Do you know, going up for a header and getting yeah, getting an get, elbow. Yeah, like I've got a few. You know, being on the pitch, bleeding, getting up. Like, yeah, love it. Right. <laughs> the blood and just get you. I did have like I know we're talking, but I, I had one at um at Villa. Got quite a nasty cut here in the game, and just got up and like loved it. Could feel the blood coming down my face, and I looked at Luke Young, and he went, "No, no, you can't. You're not playing on with that." Like I just thought, just get on with it. And I ended up having to run off, got the stitches and run back on. And Oh, really? So what, what, I've always wondered what happens in that situation. Do you run into the dressing yeah, room? Yeah, I've, I've, this like, jumped literally at Villa Park, jumped over the thing, straight down the tunnel, got to the got to the doctor and he went, it's too, it needs too many stitches. You can't stitch it now because you'll, you, you'll have to come off. So I was like, can I just put a bit of Vaseline on it? And he went, mm, probably a bit more than that. I went, just stick some Vaseline on it and one of those silly bandages and we'll see how we go. And luckily got through the game and... Did it? I think I had nine or ten stitches in it. Oh man, you're trying yeah. to play on with ten yeah. stitches. Well, you know, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, and yeah. Um, I'm intrigued about this question from Craig Colwell. Was there one departure in your time at West Ham you were gutted about? A player leaving. Yeah, I, I can. I'm, I might guess. I don't, I'm, I'm sure. I think you were around. I was going to guess Go on. Craig Bellamy. Yeah, Bellas was. Yeah, we didn't see as much as I'd like of West Ham to see a Craig Bellamy. He, I still speak to him now. He loves West Ham, and he was a he was a great, great player, Bellas, and a good lad. And it would have been nice for him to stay, but you know, people move on. Um, Tevez, can I say myself leaving for Villa? Oh, okay. That's a it's a bit of a. You've thing. given yourself um, as the answer to a lot. Of I it. know, I know. <laughs> um, Oh, I've seen a lot come and go, you know. Um, Carlos. It's a good shout. Carlos, probably. Um, yeah. I don't... But to, to actually tell that story, I don't think we've, you haven't told it on the podcast yet, but you didn't want to leave, did you? That time no. when you did go to Villa, you wanted to stay. I, I got told to leave. I've said yeah. it. I've said, not told to leave, but... Encouraged. Encouraged to leave because, you know, it was a time where it wasn't looking great financially for West Ham. And... I think we were away. We I played the first three games for West Ham that season. Nob scored a great goal at the start of that year. Was it 2009? Scored a great goal at, uh, where was it? Wolves. Great goal. And that, we were playing well. We got off to a good start that season. Came came back in and was speaking to Jan Franco at the time and Steve Clark. And they, I can't remember exactly the circumstances, but it was Stoke had come in. Tony Pulis, Welsh, Welsh guy. And they said, you can go and speak to him. So I was like, all right. So I drove up to Stoke, didn't want to go, didn't want to go. So I went up there, did, did my thing with Stoke, spoke to Tony and, and literally did it all around the, around the dressing room, around everywhere, around the stadium, did all that. And Tony won't say this, but he had all the scans booked and all that and showing me, telling me about places to live in Stoke. And Cyril Regis was my agent at the time. And I spoke to Cyril, I went, see, this don't sound, this don't feel right for me. As in, I didn't want to leave West Ham, hoping that that would fall through. So anyway, I came back down, said to Tony Pulis, sorry, I, 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 it's not for me sort of thing. I don't fancy it. I'm not sure he, he took it too well. but And then came back down, hoping that it had gone. And it turns out that West Ham pretty much needed the five million quid. And then Villa came in and it was a, still as much as I didn't want to go. It was a bit of a different circumstances you know Villa were doing really well they had a, a great team at, the, at the time so sat down with the family sat down with my wife and said look Villa are doing really well 
it's a good chance for me and West Ham need the five million pounds. So yeah, it came about and went off to Villa. All right, West Ham fans, one way you can support Ironcast and help us rocket up the charts and beat off the competition from other official football clubs' podcasts like Chelsea and like Spurs is to get a five-star rating or review from you. Support me and Ginger on the podcast, chuck us a five-star rating review and help us rocket up the charts where West Ham belong, at the top of the table. Back on with the show. All right, well, that brings us on to our next question, which is from Yep Fiel Red. And his question is, what was it like rejoining West Ham after Villa? Was it just, I, I can imagine, given how much you love West Ham, the opportunity to come back and then for it all to go through. I thought Nobes was on the wind-up. I was, I was in Chicago with Villa. And I hadn't spoke, I'd speak to Nobes often, but I hadn't spoken to him for a little while. And my phone goes and it's Nobes. And he went, um... Yeah, right, yeah, 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 all good, mate. You went, um, fancy coming back to West Ham? Like, it was the last thing I was expecting, do you know what I mean? And I was like, yes, obviously. I went, what, what do you mean? He said, Big Sam wants you, wants you back. He said, asked me to give you a ring. And honestly, the feeling was, it doesn't happen often. Do you know where you're somewhere and you love it and disappointed to leave and then you sort of settle. I was settled in Birmingham, there's no doubt about it. And then to get that chance to come back when you think it's never going to happen again was honestly, is the best feeling in the world. Obviously, my wife, met my wife when she was living in Loughton the first time I was here. So the chance to move back was unreal. And I was in Chicago and I was like, yes, okay, what, what do I need to do? And he said, well, obviously, first of all, you need to get back from Chicago. <laughs> so I got the flight back, literally came what, straight you down. Left, you left that preseason? I, can't, I think... I can't remember if I left on my own or I, no, I came back with the team, let it, let it settle for a couple of days. Cause we had a couple of days to get it sorted. Came back, spoke to uh, Paul Lambert, who was manager at Villa. He went, go, uh, I remember it. I'd, I'd had it all sorted. All the deal was sorted. I, I went in, he called me in on a Sunday at Villa's training ground, Bodymore Heath. He went, we've accepted a bid from West Ham. Take your time, make your decision, go down, speak to him, take a couple of days. But I, it was already done. Cause it was like <laughs> literally, yes, please. Where do I sign? <laughs> yeah. So I remember walking out of Paul Lambert's office, sitting in, he, bearing in mind he told me to take a couple of days in your time and make the decision. I walked out of his office, went to the boot room, picked up two pairs of boots, walked back into his office and went, thank you very much. Drove back to London and signed that night, I think it was. And then he was training here within, yeah, 12 hours probably. <laughs> Paul Lambert must have been gutted. No, nah, he, like... he wanted me out. He, oh, really? he, wasn't, he wasn't too disappointed. <laughs> but then I went and played for him at Ipswich when I, when I left West Ham. So yeah, it, transfers and the way they come about is mental but that phone call off nobs was probably oh, the best imagine. probably the best phone call i've ever had what was the what was the feeling like when you got back to the training ground that first do you remember that first day in you must it was been... like i'd never yeah. left everything was the same we was obviously still at chadwell Heath. like shirley was still there in the kitchen tim keith the chefs were all there. It, it was exactly the same it was it was honestly it was like oh, a couple of players had come and gone over the i think it was away three years but um yeah it was just it, it, sometimes it can be hard for a player to go to a club, but when you come back to a club that you've known and loved for so long, it was honestly, it was just coming back. It was like being home. Um, Perfect. Jay Coog 13 wants to ask, how good was Marco Arnautovic? Did you cross over with Marco? Yeah, yeah I played with Marco. Yeah. He was, he was brilliant. He, he was a player. He was a bit different. He, he was lively. That's for sure. He was, how do he you mean was lively? confident. As in, at the, he carries himself. Confident, himself. I met him a confident few times. in his own ability, but yeah. yeah, which he should be because he was a he was brilliant. He was 
He was really good. He, he had an ego, didn't he? Yeah, oh, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Um, but like, not in a bad way. Like, quite enjoyable. I, I enjoyed being around him. He was, he was, he was, he was different. Like, when I say different, I don't mean in a bad way. I, I enjoyed his company. I really did. Um, and he was brilliant for us. I think that that year and uh, was it under Slav? I think he really peaked. And Moyes got the best out of him, as I yeah, recall. Yeah, he, he was. He was. As a manager, I can imagine he'd be a handful. But when you got him on the pitch doing his thing, he was he was brilliant. He was there's no yeah. I thought I thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed my time with him. David Moyes told me that uh, he really got inside Marco's head, and really? one of the things he did would he would put up the stats on the wall in the training ground yeah. and go like, "Oh, you've done the least running of all the strikers in the Premier League this week," or like, "Do you think you're running enough?" But and, it, and, it, and, it, and Marco's right. I'm going to prove you wrong yeah. next week, and he said he had him on toast but then his attitude Marco's attitude would probably be yeah I didn't run much but I scored two goals <laughs> so that's the sort of that's the sort of boy he was which I don't mind that if you're scoring two goals you ain't got to do anything um, Edward Atkins 42 wants to ask most annoying ref you've ever experienced all of them <laughs> all of I'm them I'm trying to think who was the big Phil character Dowd. oh Phil Dowd see just your face says it all Phil oh, Dowd oh man do you know what I don't know if I want to say this off the pitch when I'd like seen him and he's always been good as gold on the pitch just infuriated me all referees did linesmen as well <laughs> had a real thing with line only because I tried trying to play offside so much because I was so slow but um nah do you know what I always it's the referees that didn't want to speak to you that used to infuriate me so like don't talk to me that sort of Oh, that yeah, attitude, yeah. you know what I mean? A bit arrogant. That that used to really bug me. But um David Ellery, was it was that before your time? Must have been before my time. Uh, Must have been. Rye Rennie, he would uh, he Nah, I think uh might have might have had those boys. I can't think. Who was the one? Little fella. <laughs> I always <laughs> forget his name. It hasn't made a massive impact on me, clearly. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd say all of them. <laughs> was there any ref you really got on with? No. No, not really. No. <laughs> not really. Brawley Darbob wants to ask, JWP whipping him in. How many goals do you oh, think he's scoring in the end of his deliveries? I said per- game. Perfect ginger materials. The way he can... I, I should have scored more though. Even with... Like that... I you'd like to think... When you said you pro- now with the delivery we got, because Krez as well, the other side whipping in. Yeah. Uh, Jared as well. Um, if I was playing now, I'd be disappointed if I didn't get Eight a season. Is that low? Man, what, Does that seem it? low? <laughs> well, hang on, you're top scorer. John, Ter- John Terry sort of numbers. I remember, did he not score like 14, 15 one year at JT or something? <laughs> yeah, um, but that's Chelsea. I don't know. Well, like, yeah. No, you think of the amount of corners you go up for set plays, you know. How many would you score? What's the most you scored in a season? Two. <laughs> You would pretty top. No, some of these seasons in your era, know. your top score at West Ham with in double figures, like ten, like eleven. I don't know, three maybe. Yeah, but I, I'd like to think now the current game with the delivery we got, I would be hoping to get six and up. Probably, you yeah. got to think the amount of it's probably what do you get? Five corners a game. Yeah, six, six, seven, eight free kicks in areas where you can get it in the box. I don't think we whip it in. Not as in not now. I, I think in jet football in general, I don't think it's lumped into the box as much as what we used to do it you know yeah so yeah if jwp was on them you'd how, how do you like your corners to like sent in do you like it like hanging up in the air or i used to like them whip? whipped out yeah do you know like we saw it you know 
the Arsenal game in in the cup, you know, the whipped in and we've got the own goal off Ben White. I used to like it the other way, whipped out towards the penalty spot. I don't know why. I did score a few when it was whipped in, but my perfect delivery, deep free kicks was outswingers. And they had the thing of bending it in and, and trying to score at the back post from free kicks, which I got, but perfect. It all hung up. Be like Andy Carroll, yeah. drill it to the back stick. I, I found, honestly, in everyone. my time, if I fancied you put me up against anyone when that ball's hung up right, I wasn't losing a header. Whether it was a goal kick or it was a corner coming in, I felt I could beat anyone in the air. Yeah. yeah. You often did. Yeah. Not, as as much, well, not goal-wise. I should have scored a lot more. You went through such a run in your West Ham career, I, thought, I found. Where, like The ball would just break to you in the box after a corner like yeah. second. Chelsea, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so often. It's probably, it probably used to drop to me because I made a lazy run and I wasn't quite in there for the first one. <laughs> like I said, I, sh I should have scored. The way I, like I said, heading was no doubt my strongest part of my game, whether it was defensive headers or, you know, attacking headers. I should have scored loads more. All right, here's a big question that we're, everyone's going to want the answer to. Maddie Gasker wants to know, favourite sandwich filling? <laughs> I mean, I've gone from quite a serious answer there to favourite uh, favorite sandwich filling. Um, I'm going to disappoint him. It's going to be basic. Chicken mayo. Chicken mayo, yeah. Yeah, yeah fine. Basic I'll tuna mayo. Tuna mayo. It's nothing not fancy. So, not so cool. As you can tell, egg I'm mayo. not a... I can't stand egg mayo. Don't mind an egg cress. Yeah. I mean... I'll eat anything, to be honest. But um, if I could have one sandwich for the rest of my life, it'd be chicken mayo. There's a it's such a random question. No, but... there's a food, a few food ones oh, here. There? Tattooed Mickey wants to know, explain what's on your plate for a full English breakfast. Well, I don't yeah. like black pudding. Don't like a lot of things. Um, so it'd probably be just be, do you say full English? Yeah? Full English, yeah. Sausage, bacon, egg. Probably that's all I Beans? like. Beans? Beans as well, yeah, of course. Two rounds of toast. Chips? Chips, no, no. filth. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about it. Mushrooms? Sausage, but mm, I think they wet it up a bit too yeah. much. Tomatoes? No, Plum definitely tomato. not tomatoes. Yeah, yeah you're right. Black pudding, that. no. Bog standard sausage, bacon, egg, baked baked beans, <laughs> two two slices of bread, and a coffee. <laughs> See, not well, even a tea, coffee. I'll end on this final question from uh, Frankie Felsted, who wants to know favorite match you played in for West Ham. The number one match. Would it be? I get asked this a lot. Uh, can I guess? You go on. The night against United in the cup, wasn't it? Was that the cup or the league where you scored? Yeah, scored two uh, Upton Park in the cup. Um, I might Trafford. go a bit left field, Old Trafford. Is that left field? No, it was, nah, it's route one. It was probably the That's right yeah, field. This, yeah. <laughs> As in when we stayed up, 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I only say is that left field because of the circumstances. Yeah. Like we were, we were almost going down. So it can't be your favourite. But I think that time and certainly that game would be a when I'm older and telling stories. That would be a time because I'm during the. I'm, I remember being on the bus saying to Nobs of fancy yesterday. Just had that real feeling of obviously the confidence of the games leading up to that made me feel like that. But I just fancied and. On the pitch at the time, there was cheers in the crowd. We didn't know if Sheffield United had scored or what was going on in the other game. And just, again, when the chips were down, a game where I was really into um, just making big blocks, headers, everyone was everyone was dying for the cause. And then obviously the celebrations and what happened after. So I think a game that I'll always remember and people 
asked me your favourite game to play and in weird circumstances was Old Trafford when we stayed up. Do you know what I love about the, the end of that game which doesn't really get talked about is the fact it had been raining it was yeah. like horrible weather that It wasn't day. great for me though because my barnet was falling your out barnet, at the time your and it disgrace. was slicked over it was all gappy it was I think that was the moment I right this is this, <laughs> this, is, this is coming off <laughs> this has got to go but no, everyone, no, more, no more clever combing this is going everyone looks like and the West Ham team looks like they've been in a right war and just like covered the, in but, mud and soaking wet. But the lead-up had done that as well. But the, the, the games, we put everything into every single game for the last 10. And then to finish on that, it was just, I remember after the game, everyone just couldn't believe what was going on. And it was a game that I'll remember for almost being the wrong reasons, but turned out to be amazing. And I actually went out after that game for pretty much two, three days solid in my, <laughs> in my, in my West Ham tracksuit. <laughs> It's just, I remember getting back, all my family were up there. We flew back. So I was back before them, went down to the new bar in uh, straight in my West Ham kit. <laughs> I, that, that was all part of it then. It was, you know, you, we worked hard and done oh. unbelievable, but just yeah. celebrated like we had won something because the, the effort we'd all put in. We knew how big it was for, like I mentioned in the pod, everyone at the club, not just the players and the club staying up, people that may, have, may or may not have got the sack for us going down. It was just a massive relief. Well, there you go. That's the first Ask Ginge episode. And if you want to ask questions in future, such as what we use your first drink in New Bar in Latin when you got back in your West Ham track, so you'll get an opportunity. We'll do another <laughs> one of these episodes. Thank you so much, Ginge, Cheers, for your answers. Thank you for your questions. We'll see you next time. Come on, you irons. Podcast Network.